0: Support for this podcast has been provided by Alliance Bernstein Investment Management and Research, Making Money Meaningful. In
1: 2014, we can fly to the moon and to the the space, but we cannot know what happened in the womb, and we need to move women around the world. And I said data
0: should travel, women should not, and we can do so much better to women. This is Startup Stories from the Startup Nation, My name is Yigal Marcus. Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we'll meet the entrepreneurs who have personified the economic miracle known as a startup nation, the state of Israel. We'll learn about the culture which helped incubate them and their ideas. We'll learn of their successes and of course their failures. And we'll explore why it is that Israel develops some of the leading innovators of our time. Childbirth can be one of the greatest and most exhilarating moments in all of life. When the doctor finally tells you that your newborn is healthy, the relief is indescribable. After all, for months, many parents are stressed by the lack of certainty as to whether their baby is gonna be okay and whether the birth will go smoothly. The stress of pregnancy is real and for good reason. According to the World Health Organization, 1,600 women and more than 10,000 newborns die each day worldwide from preventable complications during pregnancy or birth. What to do? Well, many expectant mothers call their doctors frequently when they have a concern, like if the baby isn't moving around or something just doesn't feel right. And often, physicians will encourage them to go into the office to be checked. But surprisingly, According to a 2016 study by the National Institutes of Health, there is no correlation between the number of doctor visits during pregnancy and better neonatal outcomes, which means that many of the physician visits don't really do too much, except maybe alleviate the stress of the mother temporarily, at least until the next scare. A startup in Israel called Nuvo, founded by Oren Oz, is trying to solve that problem by empowering women to be assessed by their physician in the comfort of their home at any time of day via a wearable device that Nuvo invented, called InView. Now, Nuvo's product InView is not yet in the market, but if approved by the regulatory agencies, they have the potential to vastly improve the experience of pregnancy for millions of women and hopefully save a lot of lives In the meantime, we're here today with Oren Oz, the founder of Nuvo, which is a very hot uh, startup that has really taken off. And we're gonna get into Nuvo in just a few minutes and how they are completely disrupting women's health, primarily with pregnancies, but really the entire ecosystem uh, of of pregnancies before after. And we'll get to that in a second. First of all, Oren, thank you very much for for being here with us. We really uh, do appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to join us. Oh,
1: thank you for hosting me here. So, my pleasure.
0: pleasure. So, Oren, uh, first of all, where'd you grow up?
1: Uh, born in Israel, grew up in Jerusalem. Um, my Most of my life till I found out that Tel Aviv existed, and then I moved like most of people. Um, grew up in Jerusalem, um, high school in Boyars, uh, school, non-school in Jerusalem and, you know, army, traveled the world like everyone else, university,
0: Ben Gurion. So you grew up in Jerusalem, you served five years in the Israeli Air Force. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, s-
1: my entire journey my entire journey at uh, the Army was, um, started as a, in, in the pilot course. I was there almost a year and a half. Long story, but it's on merit. Moved from there for the Air Force Intelligent. Um, amazing journey, met my wife as well. So in the Army? In the Army. Um, not at the Air Force, but on the bus to, okay. the, <laughs> to the base. Yeah, that's a story you want to hear. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story for its own, uh, because everything is connected. So it's, it started there, and without her, we were not here, mm-hmm. that's for sure. I Almost five years at the army, I, at the end of it, as most of it, the, the intelligent uh, intelligent uh, forces and multiple jobs.
0: When you finished the army, you then went to ben- Ben-Gurion University. Uh, you studied computer science. Uh, you, you received a um, bachelor's of science with honors. And then after that, you actually did some advanced studies in biomedicine at Tel Aviv University. Uh, yes, I, it started by me was fascinating
1: forever about the human um, human machine interactions and about the potentials. And I was love the brain actually, it started with cognitive computation. Um accepted, accepted to a direct PhD in the Hebrew University. That's how it started. And uh, I found that the academia is just too slow for what I wanted to do, as I was always in favor of building stuff. Uh, traveled the world, got back, decided to go to Tel Aviv University for, bi- for biomedicine and started my journey in the industry. Growing up, w- what did you want to be professionally? I knew I'm going to be problem solver that's i I didn't know what type but i i remember from the age of 11 doing all kind of patents to my mother at the kitchen and people called me the improver because i wanted to improve their life like it's all small things nothing fancy but small things makes big impacts and this is how i started dealing with that but i i didn't really know and i to be honest with you I, i heard the question differently i still don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) to answer that question. There are a lot of people who argue with that, so So after Ben-Gurion, after Tel Aviv University, you then worked in a couple of different companies. Uh, You were at MDocs and Octavian. And then at some point, you came up with the idea for Nuvo. So first of all, tell us what the problem was. What what happened in your life which made you uh, conceive of this company?
1: I'll tell you the mid version of that story. And the mid version is I'm living in Tel Aviv. Uh, I'm working as, uh, did as an architect for uh, Octavian Tech, which was closed by that point, doing financial services. Nothing uh, too interesting, to be honest, but I was underlying New York, Tel Aviv, my wife pregnant, and she wanted to play music to the baby in the womb. Um, and, the time there was a lot of bombers and it started as a joke. I, I'm sitting in my balcony, she went to play music, we end up with a headset like yours on the heads, very big, very bulky, cost a lot of money. And she's sitting there with a big belly and one day I'm looking at her and with those belly and a lot of wires, I said, you look like a suicide bomber. If you go out like that <laughs> right now, they're gonna arrest you. <laughs> That's how it started. That's funny. And I said, we have to do something about that. Like, it needs to be more comfortable. It needs to be more mobile. And you don't even know if it's working. You're sitting there, maybe it's not effective. Maybe it's too loud. What do you know about the warm? I start asking tons of questions, like an engineer. And I said, you know what? Let me find something for you. And it started as a a search for a real product. And I was on the line and I started searching. couldn't find it. And I said, all right, if everybody's doing it and it's a lot of people in pregnancy, so your first pregnancy, you go to all the Lamas courses, you see a lot of people doing it, a lot of mothers. Doing including what? Playing music to the baby, Got it. including home mother. Start telling, like, with yeah. the other device, they just, oh, I was sitting next to the speaker 30 minutes every day, home mother to start telling me all kinds of stories. <laughs> and I said, all right, it probably has a device out there, so I start searching. That turns to be obsession, couldn't find it. Said, if it doesn't exist, let's do it. Draw a picture, show it to a few friends or family. Everybody wanted to join the party. It was very sexy, it looks amazing. It was the first draw of what we called Rhythm of Pregnancy today. Uh, First wearable device, three years before the Techno-wearable, I didn't know how to call it. But I raised $68,000 over one weekend. I said, fine, let's do it.
0: So it started off as Playing music to the baby during pregnancy. Right. Let's start with that idea. I mean you, you searched online, couldn't find anything, and that could be that there are two messages potentially, right? One is no one's thought of it and it could be a big successful idea. And number two is there's a reason why no one's thought of it. Maybe it's failed before, maybe it hasn't, you know, worked, maybe it's dangerous, maybe music causes issues in utero. How did you get the idea
1: Unlike a lot of entrepreneurs, I, I talk to a lot of people. People sometimes do it within their own. One of the learnings is talk talk to that about yours, Aldia, and with many people as possible, as they, as you know, multiple brands is better than one, by statistics, and uh, it's hard to execute. So don't be afraid of of telling. So I start talking to people about that, um, and I was not. Uh, Never as engineers looked in the past and saying, people didn't fail, fail failed in the past, I'll fail now. I just learned for what they did. And when I started the journey, the first thing that Nouveau did is actually learned very carefully with uh, researchers we hired about the acoustic environment called uterus, that no one actually knew how it's created. So even ritual pregnancy is the most sophisticated auditory stimulation system, what you call play music to the bambi, the womb. It's actually true one of the best still uh, sophisticated system that calibrated signals and quality and audio to make it effective and safe at the same time, because we wanted to solve for that idea while we create mobility, comfortability, and, and look. Um, and that's what Ritmo was. Uh, and uh, when I started vetting the idea, it was a creation. So we created multiple product and tested all the way, what we did here as well. We did jump all the way, start selling and failing on the market like most, like a lot of other do. It um, was hard to raise capital. We didn't know how to explain the product. It was a nightmare, to be honest. And then um, we start selling the product after two years. And in one point, we went to one of the biggest show in America and we said, let's test the product and the product will speak what we do now. The product will speak for itself and performance, and in that, that was less performance, more of, uh, of, of looks and acuity and the, and the quality and comfortability. Uh, and we start writing orders all over the world and
0: start building with more pregnancy. You founded the company in 2007. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, I guess 2007 was okay, but you then entered a market which getting funding for anything, you know, 2008, the financial crisis was very difficult. How did you handle that? so when i
1: introduced rhythm of pregnancy it was i remember every second of that financial crisis because i lived through that financial crisis uh, myself after the show of 2008 we wrote so many orders and a week later Lehman brother collapsed and drew the entire market uh, into the bottom i needed to hibernate the business made the the most tragic feeling, the most tragic uh, decision to hybrid in the business after all this order. Think of all that fundraising and, and orders and getting to the show and writing the orders and actually have a business, you feel you have a business and then we need to shut it down because it was not the right time to introduce something like that to the market. Thanks, God. So you actually shut the entire business down at that point? Mm-hmm. Yes, for a year. Raised money in 2009 and restarted again everything from scratch. It was hard. It was hard to reintroduce it. So I introduced, start selling the product into the market. Faced dead brick and mortar business in 2009, 10. Just empty shops, you couldn't get anything, and we decided to shift the entire business to online. How many many, many units did you sell? Tens of thousands. But we made a lot of mistakes, including debt, banking debts, a lot of the growth was very fast growth and you need to live and you need to know how to do it. And it sucked us. It, it sucked the business into growth and it almost killed us. Um,
0: so here you had a lot of orders and if you don't know how to grow quickly, that could be the death knell of the company, right? Yes. If you don't know how to fill the orders and scale up very quickly. Uh, t- tell us about specifically about that um, difficult time. It's amplified 10 times in pregnancy because
1: I'll put it in context of Tesla. So if you buy a Tesla, and you know, they said, you know, we cannot deliver this September, we'll deliver next September. You really want the Tesla, you will wait. You will be frustrated, you'll write a lot, you tweet a write, but you'll wait. Pregnancy is not something you can wait on. So if you didn't get it to the consumer in time, it's over. And if it's uh, over, it's devastating to the pipeline of orders and to your relationship with buyers. So it was a very hard lesson to, to learn. We scaled up uh, on something very new, wearable device, on a mass scale, hundreds of percent growth, and, um, and we know how to build it properly. I'll say that every problem, not having orders, and having a lot, a lot of orders not delivered is the same results which is almost debt. So you need to be controlling your demand and uh, and do what is possible for the business. So it's a big learn. Because of funding, with all those orders, I didn't had enough funding to support it. I took that uh, debt from the bank. It was a bank uh, financially in a very early stage of the company without enough uh, track record. And because of production problems, we couldn't deliver in time. And again, pregnancy cannot wait. And it was not pleasant, 2000. And through the growth, we almost almost collapsed us, but
0: all of that behind us today. So you accidentally fell into this business of designing and distributing a wearable device for pregnant women. Right. And to play music to, uh, to the fetus. So what happened next for you <laughs> to pivot and change the business to, to what it is today?
1: The business, like every business starts having challenges of competitions, um, uh, us wants to innovate. To the business, and above all, our I had additional two kids on the way. I think that's the <laughs> that's uh-huh. the big story. <laughs> the, uh, so I have three kids, a father of three, and the whole business started with the first pregnancy. Uh, a lot happened. I had another um, girl in between, and the last one turns to be high risk pregnancy, and it was a, a point. It was a junction for me, and for the business, uh, for the business itself. Through the end of pregnancy. Because of historical conditions and other uh, and other reasons, my wife needs to to do um, every check She, she turned to be high risk and, and they put it into a tight management program here in Israel. This management program requires you above all uh, among uh, other things you need to do to do a multiple test every uh, every uh, every week going back and forth. We are living in Israel, it's very small, very convenient. Everything is very small, specifically in my city. But still, she couldn't do anything else but being pregnant. We said she worked to be pregnant. Uh, But everything changed that after all that effort, going back and forth, hours every time, she couldn't get uh, proper reading. And we've been pushed to C-section, emergency C-section, unnecessary. We see fetal distress through the reading. I was challenging that because of our knowledge and a lot happened to move at back time. We got another reading. We saw all this bad statistic of getting better uh, reading, better interpretation. We stayed at home. Our journey ends with 10 days where I visit and accompanied my wife every day to do it, to make sure she's not being misread. And I remember what I needed to do. I needed to create a continuous lines of reading because the technology has so many limitations. So we're sitting next to her on this machine called CTG, uh, stands for Cardiotruchograph for the audience, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the foundational device for monitoring, fetal monitoring today, it has two transducers that to sits on the belly, and I need to chase the baby with the transducers manually to create a continuous lines of reading to make sure it's not holes because of the technology. And our journey ends up with regular delivery Less than two hours in the
0: delivery room. Happy mom, happy baby, no implications. So you had a very challenging pregnancy that turned out to be, well, I mean, things were fine. Things were fine, but over
1: those 10 days, when I was sitting with my wife, I was shocked by one single thing above all. So the entire city comes and go from this building. And I said, why women need to travel? Why can't data travel as all we do is picking up and collecting the data. We need it every day, so we need to, to build a profile. In 2014, we can fly to the moon and to the, to the space, but we cannot know what happened in the womb, and we need to move women around the world. And that's the beginning. It's my shallow understanding of the problem. We didn't know the problem is massively bigger, but it was just one example of accessibility, and I said data should travel, women should not, and we can do so much better to women. We can solve solve that piece of the problem for them. And let's free the women. And it started the journey of creating a new monitoring system or new monitoring technology to allow this, this to happen, to allow mobility, to allow connectivity remotely from home. Um, that's gonna help the system, but above all gonna help the mother. And that's how this journey started four and a half years ago.
0: According to the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, actually 35% failure rate for current electronic fetal monitoring solutions, 35% failure rate. Right. And you're trying to solve it. Yes.
1: In a different, completely different way. We decided to look, um, on the problem in a completely, completely different way and just starts from scratch by creating uh, a new layer of technology, a new sensory layer. So what did you guys make? So Nuvo created uh, the InView platform. The InView makes the womb transparent to the network of care, to data views. We, the, the solution has uh, three columns, has a wearable device, has a cloud environment for processing, and a lot of digital tools to access that knowledge. The wearable device, which everybody sees the tip of the iceberg, that has multiple sensors that wrap the belly in a very unique position. Um, that allow us to capture very unique data sets from a fixed location uh, to a device that can be administrated by any mother, anywhere in the world, by herself, to our unique digital tools that, that allow self-administration, automations of data collection. The data is traveled to the cloud. That's where we created the digital dashboard of pregnancy. The first of its kind, very unique and very deep, that really opened that black box we call pregnancy and give information to the mother and anyone uh, on that journey called pregnancy, the partner, the, the doctor, etc. the information they need. There's multiple stakeholders on that one single journey. We'll talk about it in a second. And we access through the proper relevant digital tools to that information. The information is very deep. Each stakeholder, starting with the mother, gets its
0: own version of the proper information. So basically, a woman is pregnant and um, she gets this device f- from her doctor, I guess. It, it's it's on the use case. it depends on the use case,
1: okay. but it's very important to first put it in context. So, as we say, pregnancy is a black box. No one knows anything. What happens today is you go to the house, to the doctors, and in between those visits, you see what's happened. It's event driven. Uh, if something happens, you only know in the next visit or in a bad circumstances. No one really managed pregnancy. There's no uh, proper monitoring uh, of pregnancy. Think of every other condition that is managing medicine. Think of diabetes or cardiac heart failure. You have a continuous monitoring uh, of the condition in order to make sure nothing really changed. Pregnancy that didn't have the technology to, to do it up to now, although it's proven the benefits over time. Now, if you go to, uh, to, what, uh, to how the device is being used, so mother can ask for it, or the doctor can sign for it. It's really depending on the use cases. It can be for low risk or it can be high risk, it can be multiple condition, as the technology saw for many, many uh, conditions on the journey of pregnancy. And the moment a prescription has been written, that limits the use and, and creating the, the, con- the connected solution between the doctor, the relevant doctor and the mother, the device is being shipped and everything done automatically by our environment. So why is this device called InView? So, InView stands for inside view, as we bring the internal view uh, to the network of care. And InView was built to to uh, make the womb transparent to data to the network of care, starting with the mother, as she's part of that network. So her, her partner, the dad, and and any network of care, starting with the obstetrician, the the OB and moving to any doctor you need to. It can be a fetal cardiologist, it can be uh, anyone fetal maternal specialist that's, that sometimes is part of that journey. So we
0: serve all of them holistically. What is the problem that in view is trying to solve? So
1: let's understand standard of care today. So standard of care today is you get to pregnant and you're gonna visit your doctor multiple times during your pregnancy for deeper dive of tests. Besides those columns of information, we know nothing. Essentially, it's a black box. For the doctor, for the mother, she doesn't know what's happening, she, she doesn't know what's happening. And unlike other things that you can you know understand from yourselves, it's a black box for the mother. She Besides a few kicks, and maybe she feels the baby, maybe she wants. maybe she feels contraction, maybe she wants. she doesn't really know, so none, none of the doctor. Nuvo is here to, to change that, to make the journey, that we know more than what we don't know. Like today, if you look on those, uh, that black box, we want to open it and to create, to to, to complete the journey with data. So we we move from guesswork to actual to actual knowledge, um, and with knowledge we
0: can treat better. What's interesting is that the the, the types of people who are going to use this really span span the gamut. You have women who just want to listen to the baby. You know, at, at any point during the pregnancy, we've all been there you know, my, the fetus hasn't moved. It hasn't kicked. Is everything okay? I'm concerned. Then you have w- women who have high risk pregnancies that need to be closely monitored. And then you have women who, who aren't near their doctor, right? I mean, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, almost 50% of U.S. counties lack a practicing obstetrician or gynecologist. And so this provides mobility and the ability to really at least have the doctor uh, monitor you from, you know, many, many miles away. Yeah. You, you, you are talking about something we call the accessibility problem
1: and it falls into mainly underserved population. That's why it's a a type of, uh, of, uh, under the radar in some degree, if you go and look on the US uh, industry, US specifically, it's a worldwide phenomenon, but let's double click on the US as you expect different. The US spend the most amount of money on pregnancy care, about $100 billion plus. Um, as you said, it's one of the quotes, uh, and is in the worst place in terms of quality measurements among the developed countries. This is the tricep. So America
0: spends the most and delivers Amongst the
1: worst quality, right? In terms of measurements of, so there's increase of mother and fetal mortality. There's increase of high risk pregnancy. Uh, if I'll show you a statistic, you're going to be blessed and generated some news from Newsweek uh, uh, just recently. Uh, some some titles like the U.S. is the deadliest place on the developed country to give delivered to deliver a baby in. Um, and that's two months ago, not, not far away. So we are talking about trifecta of troubling trends, the high risk pregnancy increase, the fetal mortality, uh, increase and, um, and the shortage of OBGYN, as you mentioned. Right.
0: WHO actually it's a tragic statistic, but they report that nearly 7,000 newborn babies die every day, every day globally globally
1: yes because we have a problem of accessibility scalability and ability to to uh to distribute to distribute uh a system effectively uh in in the into the into the market so if you think of the current standard of care in order to solve it you need a maternal fetal medicine department you need a building you need chairs you need the practitioners you need the machines you need the expertise. It's very expensive, almost impossible to structure. So if you go to places like Africa, India, or rural rural countries in in the USA, it's hard to solve. What you need is remote access and a lot of sophistication. And that's what Nuvo and other technologies in the digital health space that that emerged, um, medical wearable devices, sophisticated AI cloud environment, all of that is emerged into being a solution
0: for the first time, we actually see a possible solution in pregnancy in other places. So if a woman is pregnant, and she, she has an, an issue, um, a concern, she puts on your device, it monitors what we
1: build a digital dashboard of pregnancy, it monitors many biomarkers. But if we go with the OB current standard of care, they usually for uh, if you go to the ER, they will put you on a monitor and they will pick up fetal heart rate and maternal uterine activity. Meaning they find a correlation between the, how the uterus is, is working and specifically contraction episodes and fetal heart rate. And they try to determine. Sometimes they do additional tests like ultrasound and sonogram and blood tests. That's what, what's been done. Our device allow to do the most of the triaging remotely. Meaning you wear the device, you definitely get the fetal heart rate, maternal heart rate, uterine activity, and many, many more indication as we go. As we're building the device on fetal ECG and maternal ECG and many other biomarkers, um, allowing to develop a proper triage online and to to determine should you come or not. And basically focus the attention on those who need it when they need it and creating knowledge when it's time and and as early as possible. So it's just in time, just in place, and as early as possible.
0: So the data, after you wear the device, um, gets uploaded to the cloud, Mm -hmm. just for for our um, listeners. And at that point, you can analyze the data, you can stream it or deliver it to a physician instantaneously who can look at it and say, yeah, you're fine. No, you're not fine. Come in right away. You know, and then not only that, but you have the ability, I guess, to uh, use machine learning to analyze that data holistically. Uh, you're getting data points from you know, potentially millions of people over a period of time. The amount of data you can, you can learn from it, the, 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 the medical uh, things that you can learn from, from that data is probably very significant.
1: We are already learning from the data a lot. And we have discoveries in Nuvo that's going to be published in soon through medical journeys that are amazing on the technology side, but also in medicine. Are you allowed to give I us like, a little, a little, a little teaser? Um, not for now. Okay. <laughs> uh, not for now. But I'll say that um, yeah, the data will be analyzed. Already being analyzed heavily more than ever, and we're gonna put it in context of a, a full journey and try to serve our customers, consumers, which are the mother best. And to to a better to a better eventually a better outcome of pregnancy. So this is uh, completely part of the journey. And and if you think of it, we created a system that wherever it is, whoever using it, we're gonna get the same type of quality uh, data, creating consistency uh, of data uh, measurement data analysis which is very, very important for decision-making, eventually creating a predictive machine to the AI, meaning we have a very, very sophisticated machine that feeds the AI machines of Nouveau,
0: and it's gonna be very exciting a uh, few years for us. Let's take a step back a little bit and, and talk about how you built the business, because clearly the product has enormous potential. Who was your first hire? Uh, so I, we br- I brought in initially a data
1: scientist, DSP engineer, digital signal processing, as I understood and still see, the future and the entire assets for Nuvo is data. Is everything we do, the device, et cetera, is not the, for most people it looks the, the, the solution, but it's only an enabler for the machine as we are dealing with data and knowledge.
0: You actually started with the end in mind. You basically said, OK, this is what we want to get. This is the data we want to get. Yeah. Now let's reverse engineer the machine to deliver that data to you. Exactly. Unlike
1: most people that start with those are the sensors, let's build from the sensors up. No, we created the device to support the machine uh, that it needs to feed. Okay, and then what did you do then in terms of building the business? So it was a constant building. So we built the business, we put the first prototype, we had to, it was very challenging because people looks at it and say, amazing, it looks amazing, but can't actually do the work. And eventually when you start hitting performance issues, You see how deep and how complex the problem is we were underestimating everything we needed to do everything better better sensors better data more computation more everything it was another circle another cycle of investment um and during that time uh we are testing the product and for me testing the product is putting it out there and see what the market has to say not, uh, not to the extreme. So we start collecting orders and at one point we even gave up almost a hundred thousand units order for, um, for consumer market, uh, with one of the earliest version, as we understood, we didn't do enough testing to make sure it's actually
0: performed well. So you had a hundred thousand orders for this product. Yes. And you said, we're not going to fill these orders because the product isn't ready. We wanna make sure that what we deliver is accurate and responsible. And so you gave up an order for 100,000 units, which is a lot of money, uh, in order to ensure that the quality yes. is, is the, at the level that you're comfortable with. We had orders
1: from all over the world, distribution agreement, uh, MOUs, thousands of them In after one or two big shows. And we pushed all of that because we understood it's not ready. It's, we cannot sleep well at night knowing that we give a mother information and we actually deliver a reduction of anxiety. Meaning if we don't provide information, potentially it's a, it's a false, um, it's a false, uh, false positive, false negative. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's the liability on both sides are, are very high. And also it's not what we wanted to do, really, the company. So We understood we have to take the whole route and push the company into a medical device grade, which is actually, if you read carefully, the FDA regulatory, all those devices they are not following are doing illegal things. You have to test it for medical graded as this is a special population called pregnancy. And we are quantifying information they don't know. So we cannot give them the
0: false negative, false positive is exceptionally important. So far at any point in time that you've been building um, Nouveau, Did you have any doubts as to whether it was going to be successful?
1: Uh, Every day. Uh (laughs) Uh, Yes, we have doubts and the doubts keeps us, you know, alerted on what happens. So yes, every day, every challenge was never easy. We thought it's going to be much simpler. Uh, If you look on the first designs of Nuvo, it was sleek simple gadget looking and we felt we're gonna with two pieces of fabric uh, we're gonna solve the world of pregnancy monitoring um we found out that we need to do a lot more about 25 million dollars more investments of technology um, the depth of innovation we need to create can be only demonstrated by the level of ip NUVA has which now we have granted more than 10 patents in the US alone, more than 24 globally. And we have a pipeline of about 28 to come. So the massive of innovation together with the de novo says how deep, unique the solution is. And it, just, just, it, it was not just to create a unique solution, is we needed to crack something massively hard in order to accomplish what we accomplished clinically and performances above all. And eventually it needs to work for others as a, as a product that's gonna be placed in her, in her journey, as part of her life in pregnancy.
0: So far, looking back at the business, what was the greatest challenge that you've that you faced? People management. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, I think technology can be solved. Money is a pain in the ass, but can be solved. Uh, People are the most delicate, definitely when you're building the business, the business is people. And for me, building the business is building the team. And it was the single most, the single hardest thing for me was, is I take the, the people and the team very seriously. And everyone who brought in, or anyone I needed to leave was a battlefield. For me, it was the single thing. The hardest thing is to build the right team. With the right team, you can do everything.
0: Without the right team, you cannot do anything. Because you, you know, prior to starting this company, you really didn't have experience in managing a team. I mean, you you were you were a data. You know, you were a senior software engineer. You were, you know, you, you never got trained in, in business in, in school. You were you, you were never a CEO before. And so you're really learning yeah, as, as you're building it. It's accurate by industry credentials
1: and CV. But I passed five years at the army. on the worst of the worst was much harder as human life was on stake than to make a decision that lose money worst. Money can be recovered, human lives cannot. So over years and years, first I was managing tens of peoples in the uh, business in the army. Okay. I was responsible of, of a business, let's say a business plan, uh, yearly business plans of hundreds of people uh, over my different jobs. So, i knew how to look on on the program and above all a lot of the people in the army even not officers or people who are facing significant things are coming from this blended environment of has to do it you don't have a choice and has to succeed so and, and and that's combination created uh for me and a lot of entrepreneurs the landscape of actually do it we have we have the ability to do it uh the training i would say we got the training
0: in the army or the foundation of training and all the rest is learning over time that was gonna be my next question which is the impact the army had on your entrepreneurial experience so clearly uh, the army did a very good job in incubating the person you are today leading the organization that you're leading
1: uh the army do it do a great job here in Israel and it's just not just me it's the environment here everybody passed the army everybody go through that uh, to that experience in different uh, version of it but the same experience we created uh, a very unique blend of uh, uh, of expertise here in the market Um, so yes it's the startup nation is, is always a challenge to crack why and how but the army play a very significant part specifically the air force and my training which forced you every time to go and say even if it's fantastic to come and say how you do it better next time what was the learning how you implement them and this this constant challenging from as early as the army starts at 18 years old put you in a place that is
0: second to none in the world which brings me to the, the issue of lessons learned so far. What is the greatest lesson that you've learned so far that we can teach the next generation of entrepreneurs who may be listening to this? I would say uh, my
1: learning spread on many vectors, like how to tell the story and how to raise money and how to attract and, uh, people. Uh, but for me, the hardest is you need a delicate balance between listening to people and not losing your road. Not losing your campus and North Star, which is very, uh, very important, very hard, very easy to very easy to lose over the way. So you need to know where you go, but not don't stop to to hear what's happening around and to perfect yourself. Is nothing is static, even even the North Star in some degree. And you saw it with Nuvo. We started with a North Star called Ritmo. We are here in 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 view now platform
0: disrupting pregnancy monitoring in just the beginning of our journey. Israel has an unusually large number of uh, startups per capita. I think the, the largest in the world. And I, you, you you addressed it a few minutes ago, maybe you do, do a little bit of a deeper dive. What is it about Israel that incubates some of the greatest entrepreneurs and innovators of our time?
1: I will say it's only gonna be my humble opinion as I really don't know um my humble opinion saying it's a blend of a few things uh very uh the army is number one that created uh, that everybody passed that training which is a very important training so so you train the entire population if you want that's number one so you have a very trained population to be resourceful to live in an environment without that is not reached by capital so you need to be resourceful on many things not just by solving problems you didn't see before but you don't have even the tools to solve them so you need to reinvent the tools so resourceful uh, population good training program um and israel life like you live here in this unique place um And you force they force you to succeed because you don't have another choice like if you're not successful you in many places definitely through the army you die so you have to succeed because it's in many places it's a life of that and we take that it was blended into our dna for so many years so it's it comes to everything we do i think for life the way we Train, like the way I look on my kids is is changed over time. It's not just in business; it's everything you do. It's through those, those lenses. So you live in this crazy place called Israel that that forced you to do uh, to succeed competitive environment for success. The army is a good training. I think it's a very unique environment for the startup nation.
0: What is the one question entrepreneurs should ask? before they begin their own journey like you did and build a startup is
1: it my passion my passion that's the question is it really my passion because you're gonna do it so intensively much more than you probably think for longer you need to see the light as we say you need to see you need to love what you do, because otherwise it's just frustration. If you love what you do and you have a passion to, to do it, you can be successful and you can, be sus- you can sustain many of the, the unknown that the journey will detect. Sometimes you're gonna get lucky when you read them on the paper, but most of the time
0: you won't, and you have to plan for most of the time. Well, Invo, in view. I'm sorry, uh, will be in market we hope uh, with fda approval in 2019 right and uh, we're not going to get into the details of of your funding except to say that the valuations that you've received by investors have have been very significant which means that investors really value and see the opportunity of what you're doing here and so we are expecting great things and to hear great things from from you and from the company and hopefully You know, our wives and and significant others and partners will be able to uh, have technology, which would hopefully provide a peace of mind. uh, You know, a a, a, an easier pregnancy, less stress, and hopefully solve some of the great problems that that we're facing on Earth today, um, which which comes down to the experiences of pregnancy and ultimately to save lives. Thank you for being with us today. We really do appreciate it and uh, we're hoping to hear great things from you. Oh, Thank
1: you very much for hosting. Thank you for the questions and looking forward. Thank you.
0: Next, You've been listening to Startup Stories from the Startup Nation. I'm the host, Yigal Marcus. The associate producers are Moshe Raps and Avi Maklis and the senior research analyst is Lior Lebin. If you have a startup that you think we should feature on air, please email me at yigal.marcus at bernstein.com or at startupstoriesisrael at gmail.com. No good startup in Israel is too big or too small. A big, very special thank you to my employer, Alliance Bernstein Investment Management and Research, who has been incredibly supportive of this initiative. And please share these podcasts with your friends, like us on Facebook, and please, please, please rate us on iTunes. Until next time, thank you for listening.